0: Welcome, everybody. Let's
1: Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both
0: sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward with our man right in the middle, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry.
1: Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning to all of our viewers and our listeners out there. If it's Tuesday, we are talking real estate, and guess what? It is Tuesday. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Sawitz Company, managing partner of Saywitz Properties, and if it's one thing I've learned in my 30-plus years of doing this, it's to try and surround yourself with good people get informed, make good business decisions, uh, and try and have some fun. And so that's what we're going to try and do today. I'm excited about our show and our guest, but before we get going, I do want to do a quick shout-out to the Lakers, who did win last night and are now (laughs) one win away. So anyone who's a big Laker fan or who's been yearning for the Lakers to make their comeback. They're close, so good luck. And with that, I wanna welcome our guest, uh, the esteemed mayor of the city of Lake Forest, Doug Serbo. Welcome to the show.
0: Doug. Well, thank you. Good morning to you, Barry. Thank you very much for the invitation to be with you today,
1: Yeah. So. Today's show is a continuation. Our month of May is really sort of a focus and, and a spotlight on South Orange County and no one better to come in uh, than you and talk about Lake Forest, which is right in the middle of the mix of the different cities in South Orange County and talk about the history of the city, what's going on there and, and what the future holds. But before we get into that, I guess I want to talk about your history. I mean, you're a longtime resident of Orange County, yes, uh, and have watched not not only the entire county but South Orange County really grow. And and I think it goes back to your days in the military. And I guess talk about how you came to Orange County and and what made you stay.
0: Sure. So I grew up in Colorado, graduated from high school there, and then had an interest still to pursue music. And so I was opening up a magazine one day, Downbeat, and then said, hey, you could be a Marine Corps musician and get your benefits and serve your country. So that's what I did. And so I did my boot camp in San Diego, went to the East Coast, of Norfolk for the Naval Amphibious Base School of Music, ended up back here at El Toro, the third Marine aircraft wing, swing with the wing, you know, type of thing. So that's how I ended up here in El Toro and then stayed. The area, and then ended up working here, going to school here, and married my wife uh, and raised my kids. So been never left. Yeah, never left. No reason. Been in Portola Hills now for 37 years.
1: So, and when you first got there to Portola Hills, it was a lot of hills and not much else of anything
0: else. We were driving out in the canyon one day and we ended up number 12 on the camp out and had to stay there for a couple of weeks to to get the home. But yeah, it was very much rural. Uh, My wife actually came here, her family in the 60s, uh, before there was actually a freeway. They lived on Bridger right there at El Toro and had to go to South Coast Plaza. But yeah, we were just driving out in the canyon one day and they had homes for sale and we stuck around and got on there, number 12 on the camp out and been there ever since.
1: And it's interesting because I remember in the 80s and the 90s, the developers would announce a new tract of homes or a new development that came online. And literally, there was either a lottery or you had to just wait because there was more people that wanted the homes than there were homes to give out. And you were really just buying a plot, and then you had to wait until the thing got built, all right?
0: Exactly. Right. Can't remember, August 15th, 1983, when we moved in. So.
1: And then, and I don't mean to demean it, but I mean, Portola Hills was the sticks, right? It was really rural and really far out, because at, at that time really the crux of Orange County in terms of the business hub and where most of the development was, was really around South Coast Plaza, around the airport, Newport Beach, really South Orange County, just not a lot going on, sleepy kind of towns.
0: Yeah, we had coyotes and mountain lions and all sorts of wildlife out there and still do to, to this day, but it's a very interesting area out there.
1: And I think what happened then still really holds true today from a real estate perspective in that you got a lot more value for your dollar you got more land relatively speaking and you got to be a pioneer in an area that would then develop around you
0: Yeah, with all the different changes and regulations these days for real estate, that's interesting you make that comment because it has evolved into a a different environment in terms of, you know, arena and some of those housing uh, elements that we have to deal with in terms of the city council and future planning now, too. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you again, way back when you had houses, but you didn't have all the retail. You really did have to drive to South Coast to go to the mall or, uh, you know. 10 or 15 minutes to get to the grocery store it was considered out there and and now you've got good schools you've got parks you've got master planning and you've got all the infrastructure but yet still have that rural environment
0: yeah it makes the quality of life something that we just did a survey with our residents every couple of years and nearly 90 percent of the residents say the quality of life is excellent or great and so we're kind of proud of that and just trying to keep that culture as things evolve and as the city you know gets to a point of transitioning from a development type of city to a maintenance type of city where there's not much that more land to really be developed but now we're going to be going into this mixed use concept and things of that nature but yes it really been a change
1: And, and south orange county as a whole really really has evolved i mean we were talking earlier i remember when the spectrum was just getting Going in the late 80s and early 90s, and people would question, "Why are you going to the spectrum? Like, there's nothing there." And those were the pioneers. And geez, you should have, you know, should have woulda. I mean, you bought stuff down there. You'd be a hero today. Um, but now, um, I, you know, and we see it in our own business. A lot of companies really want to be located in South Orange County because the executives live down there, and they want to be closer to home. And there's just not enough real estate as a whole on the commercial side. Uh, because you have this master planning concept. So it it really makes the real estate uh, on the commercial side that much more valuable because there's just limited supply.
0: We've actually had some recent topics regarding the commercial real estate. You're probably aware that a lot of cities are facing pressure for logistics and warehouse type of right. organizations. And even right next to us in Irvine, we're seeing all these buildings, these tilt-ups, these nondescript white buildings that are set up for you know the WB65, the, the right. 18-wheel trucks. And So we've had developers that have come to us and wanting that same kind of thing. So on our city council and our planning commission and our city as a whole we're just trying to make sure that we maintain the culture and figure out how do we balance the needs of the the last mile delivery for products and just the environment that we have and the quality of life that we have so it's been something we've had to deal with just recently as a matter of fact with developers and figuring out how do we work together because Well, Lake Forest or El Toro, as it used to be known, the infrastructure, the streets weren't set up for these wide turns, for example. So there's right way issues, there's reconstruction that would be necessary. And so we're just looking at all those certain things and figuring out what makes sense for Lake Forest.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point. And so for those who are not familiar with the city of Lake Forest, it's a relatively young city. 32 uh, years. And what was originally known as the city of El Toro because uh, I guess of the base, right? and, yes. and and then ultimately as the city has grown and developed, I mean you can explain it better than I, but the city has incorporated certain neighborhoods or areas to really form the city of, of Lake Forest and what it is today.
0: Yeah, in an ideal world when you lay out a city, you would put you know commercial all together and you'd have residential in a different area and recreational things, but the city has evolved in such that we've got pockets of little strip mall type places we've got larger commercial uh, enterprises and we've got residential They're all kind of mixed you know together throughout the 17 square miles in Lake Forest so it's kind of unique in terms of how it's evolved and i think the you know the staff and the commissions and the councils over the years have really done a, a tremendous job in terms of managing that
1: yeah and the dynamic of the city while it is not as big or um, uh, the population is not as large as maybe some other surrounding cities, the fact of the matter is it is uh, somewhat diverse in that you really are dealing with all of the different aspects of the real estate, whether it's the industrial piece, whether it's the office piece, the retail piece, and then not only residential housing, but now some multifamily housing to try and accommodate for just the overall demand for housing in general that we have here in Southern California.
0: Yeah, that's a whole, a whole complicated issue in terms of how do you provide housing for people to be able to work and live in, in a community yeah. and make it somewhat affordable and just balance that out with all the needs, whether it's high-density housing or it's mixed-use type applications or trying to find plots of land that developers can still be profitable or subsidizing things with affordable housing type. It, it's a, a big formula to have to solve.
1: And are you dealing with all those? I, I'm assuming it's all relative scale based on the size of the city, but the these are all, we've had other mayors from other cities on, and, and these are all real things that every city is really dealing with.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I just, the challenge of bringing good people together, and I'll just give kudos to our, our staff at the city, plus the commissions that we have, and the great job that they're doing and really caring about how this evolvement happens in, in a way that fits our culture.
1: And and so, and let's break it down a little bit in pieces. On the residential side, historically, mostly single family homes, uh, in the city, but really now you, you, there is a decent amount of, of multifamily, whether it's smaller multifamily, and then trying to get some bigger pieces uh, developed so that you can have the workers that are working at some of these service industries and some of these other companies not having a big long commute.
0: Yeah, being sensitive to that whole situation and then taking other things into consideration such as, you know, the traffic and how that's going to impact when you have more density in in a given area. So there's a lot of factors that come into play. And so it's one thing if you just say, well, we need to put more housing in. We're going to do multi-use type housing or uh, just pack people in. Then you're going to affect other things. So we're trying to think long term and really look at the big picture in terms of how, that housing element gets taken care of.
1: Yeah, and, and all of the infrastructure that was set up originally, whether it was 30 years ago or 20 years ago, is now, uh, I don't want to say obsolete, but it's stressed uh, as a result of the growth.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I'd like to just mention about the, you know, the city, and most of these cities do have a strategic plan. So there's a 40-year plan that we have, and then we review our strategic plan elements every two years and then constantly looking at situations that come up in front of us, too. So the, the fact that there's great people that have expertise and competence in these areas to help guide us as a council for oversight and making decisions that's consistent with the culture that we want to maintain.
1: So, it's not only addressing the short term requirements, but at the same time looking out for the long term of the city.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: So, one of the things I was going to ask you is how did you decide? I mean, your business background is really in in the telecom world. Yes. For a long time. Right. Uh, and, and so how did you get from that into the political side of things? What was the light bulb that went off or, or did you fell in or how did it go?
0: Well, I, I love when people ask me that story because I think a lot of people have a similar story, but mine, I think, is somewhat unique. So I had no political ambitions at, at all. And I've had a real history in terms of service you know, to my community and whatnot. So there was a gentleman on the city council who was assigned as the interim council member because one dropped off. So Mike James, who is in law enforcement here in Orange County, very familiar guy. My kids grew up with him. He decided not to run. And we do our elections by district in Lake Forest, like most cities. Right, right. So I'm up in Portola Hills, District 1. So Mike James decided he wasn't going to run. So Scott Voits, who's been on the council for a long time, very familiar guy in politics here in Orange County as well, he and Mike James said, who can we invite to fill this seat? And they said, oh, Doug Serbo. And so they asked me, I looked at what was going to be involved. My wife and I prayed about is this something that I really want to move into? And so I got kind of in the race a little bit late, but you know, through my Marine Corps service, I was at Saddleback Church in the music ministry for yeah. ten years and the kids ministry for ten years. I've uh, done little league baseball umpiring. I've been a regional commissioner for soccer and area director for AYSO for twenty-five years. So some people say we well, should change your name from Serbo to Serve. Bo. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. But So I had a lot of good name recognition for service. So short story, we, during COVID, this is in 2020 when I was running for this position and we just walked the neighborhoods and I got some nice endorsements and just wrote wrote on my, my public service in the community and decided, okay, this is something, another way that I can maybe use my skills and talents and hopefully bring some value to the city in terms of this role in the city council. So that's how I got started. We got in the race late, as I mentioned, And that year, a lot of people came out to vote. 8,700 votes were cast in District 1. So you you look at your president and your senators and your congresspeople. Who votes for the city council members, right? Who knows about that? Well, there were 8,700 votes that were cast in District 1 with five other people who were running for that seat. I won by 22 votes.
1: Wow. And so thank goodness that a lot of people play soccer and go to church and you were able to, to pull that off. And, and then you get involved right in the COVID, you know, sort of drama, which is its own animal and of itself and trying to deal with uh, running the city and keeping things going and keeping things moving while you have all this other stuff going on. So interesting time to get involved. It's not like you rode somebody else's wave and got in at the top of it. You really had to roll up your sleeves, I'm guessing right when you got in.
0: Yeah, and I mean, again, I'll give credit back to our, our city staff that have really a lot of great people that we have there. And so whether we're setting up vaccination stations or education or helping people working with Saddleback Church, for example, and food pantries and, and other local organizations to, to help people that were really struggling during that time. But also, you know, for us as a city council to see why, what kind of things do we need to put into place to try and help people, you know, man, this. And so our own city staff, we continued to have what we call an A and a B shift. So there was kind of a skeleton crew, but we didn't actually shut down City Hall. For example, we kept things running. So we decided that, yeah, we're going to put things in place. We're going to manage this as best we can. We're going to follow the Orange County medical advice that they had and the the figures that were coming out and uh, figure out how to respond appropriately.
1: Yeah. Interesting times, and so then we fast forward to today. So, are is the staff back full time, or are you still have some people working remotely, and how's that
0: working today? Yeah, good question. So we're pretty much back to a regular schedule. We have just one Friday. We have an A and a B ship that we kind of kind of have it cut down to. But yes, we're back to full staff at, at the city, and uh, so all the services are available to people, and, and we're conducting business as usual.
1: And, and in terms of the city's mo and your own, I guess, position relative to. It, it <laughs> You're a business guy. What is the city's position? I know there are certain cities, uh, and I won't mention them, that are more pro-business versus others that are not so much. What's the city in general's position relative to the businesses that are located there and then trying to attract more?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that, too. On our city council, we have folks that work for water districts and work for Don Wagner's. You know, Scott Voits sure. uh, does that and other people. So there's only pretty much two people that on the council that are, are business folks. And so we've always purported that Lake Forest is a business-friendly city. And breaking that down is like, how do we do that? So we don't charge a license fee. There's no business license fee for businesses uh, here in Lake Forest. So that's something. We have a very active chamber of commerce that has over a couple hundred members and still growing and providing resources and tools for businesses to thrive in there. And... The folks that come to Lake Forest have told me from other cities that your folks on your staff internally at the city in terms of getting permitting right. and getting tenant improvement plans through, you guys are the best. So we make it easy for businesses to come here. We try and attract them with least amount of obstacles possible for them to succeed. And we also engage them for our Chamber of Commerce and tools and mixers and things to help drive revenue for them and be successful.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to guess, but I'll ask the question, create more of a a tighter knit community uh, for the business environment, because the group of companies that you have, you have uh, certainly some bigger employers, but nice businesses.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually discovering some of the interesting types of businesses that we have. And one of the things recently, you know, since COVID, of course, the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, every city got dollars from the federal government to help mitigate COVID, COVID relief. So we thought, what can we do to use these dollars, these resources in the best way to help businesses recover? So hotels were hit hard, restaurants were hit hard, other businesses in the city, electrical contractors, construction, legal services, the whole gamut. What can we do to help those people get back on their feet? So we took uh, millions of dollars out of the ARPA money that we were given, and we came up with a program that we call our our Dine and Shop program, or BOGO, buy one, get one. Here's how it works. You go to our website, and you purchase a digital MasterCard to save for $100. And we have a third party that manages this for us. And so now on your phone, you have a digital MasterCard. You go into Kuka's uh, Mexican Restaurant, and you show them this MasterCard. They enter the number, and you basically have paid for your meal. But that $100 that you purchased, we took the ARPA money, and we doubled that.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And it's only for Lake Forest residents and Lake Forest businesses. So the money goes to Lake Forest residents, helps them get back on their feet, have dollars to spend, and businesses are now driving revenue. So I went to a restaurant that I'd never been before because it's on our list of approved businesses, and so now I'm a customer because they signed up to be part of this program. Additionally, uh, catalytic converter, public safety, uh, thefts that are occurring in every city these days, that's a big topic. We also developed a program that allowed uh, residents to purchase a voucher that would allow them to put the steel plates underneath their car, or they could get their VIN number etched onto their catalytic converter. And then we added an ordinance that made it a misdemeanor if you're caught with a trunk full of catalytic Catalytic converters converters and don't have proof of it. So that's another thing that we did also to help drive revenue for our local shops that are now taking care of that and also addressing public safety. So we really tried to use those dollars in a way that was creative and to the best use of our residents and businesses. That's good.
1: And in terms of the future of Lake Forest, what are some of the bigger picture things that you're dealing with? It, it We've talked to other cities, and it, it ranges from you know, homelessness to certainly making sure that the businesses are successful and thriving um, to the master planning and, and sort of redevelopment. Uh, are, are Is there one or two things that are sort of the hot buttons on the city council's uh, agenda to deal with at the moment?
0: Yeah, let me kind of touch on a couple things. The first thing that kind of comes to mind is, of course, in California, marijuana is legal, but federal it's still a controlled substance. So I took an oath to the Constitution of the state of California and to the United States of America. And so the council, when I became a member, we basically said that marijuana sales in Lake Forest are going to continue to be illegal. And so we're pursuing that very aggressively, and we have a system now that used to take six to eight weeks to shut down these marijuana dispensaries down to less than a week.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: It's been like whackable. You know, you shut one down, and another one pops up. And so that's something that we just think is a value that we're going to. Protect the businesses and the residents who are not in favor of that, and we're going to uh, substantiate the law that's still in place. Okay, gotcha. so marijuana dispensaries being illegal in the city of Lake Forest. All right.
1: So for those out there that are in that industry, you probably want to pick another city.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> right, because we are hard and fast about making sure that you know if they're only up from business for a week, I mean they may make little money, but it's not going to be profitable for them to do that. And We actually are able to seize assets too. Huh. So. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> just a too. suggestion for those out there,
1: right? <laughs> and then in terms of the housing side of thing and the homeless side of thing, I mean, I think homelessness is an issue statewide, nationwide, and certain areas are hit harder more than others. But Southern California, look, if you're homeless, there are worse places you could be, right, with the weather and the beach and the environment. And does the city really struggle with that or not so much because of the geographics of the city and, and just the topography of, of how it's set up?
0: Yeah, that's a good point in terms of where the the city is located And, and to address that, again, we're trying to figure out what's the most compassionate thing that we can do with this complicated issue. And so with our Orange County Sheriff Department contract services that we have, we have two dedicated resources called HLO. These are the Homeless Liaison Officers. So they're proactively going out into our city and after our point in time counts, people probably know that every once in a while we go out and we actually survey say, how many homeless do we have at any given time? A snapshot uh, of that. And I just went on a ride along with one of our deputies a couple of weeks ago to see this for myself and see these resources in action. So it's not like we're just not doing anything about homelessness, as complicated an issue it is, that we're trying to do compassionate things. So that these HLO officers, they're going out and they're reaching out to people and trying to see there's great great resources. You got Families Forward, you got Mercy House, you got South County Outreach. Those are all serving Lake Forest so well and helping people and get their resources. The VA, right? I mean. And and the VA, right. All those different population groups that need that help. And so we're trying to make sure that that we do the most compassionate thing and help those people get plugged into the resources that are available to them so i know other cities probably have a bigger problem with that we recognize that i don't think homelessness is never is ever going to go away i think it's going to be something we have to manage the best way possible and that's what our our tactic is
1: and we had don barnes the orange county sheriff on the show and he was talking about i mean it's twofold because number one you want to get the people the help that they need and the resources so that they're off the streets better than where they were the other side is you want to free up your law enforcement resources to be able to fight the bigger issues that are out there in terms of crime prevention and safety for the community and so the better you do at the homelessness the more resources you have to focus in other places and so i think that's a constant struggle everywhere
0: yeah, that's what we decided to have, dedicated resources, people who are trained specifically on how to deal with that population, whether they're suffering from you know, mental situations or addictions or single mothers who have just been displaced from whatever economic factors that, that have occurred and that, getting them plugged into really good resources. So we're, we're proud of the CDBG, the you know, Community Development Block Grant Funds, that we also use to help support that. We just had a $1.6 million housing element that we gave to families forward to purchase a property and house a number of people yeah. that way too so yeah,
1: yes it's all good stuff and so we only have a couple of minutes left i want to touch on a couple of things quickly so so in terms of the city's growth going forward where do you see i'll take it in the short term because long term i think that there's much bigger plans but in the short term between now and the end of the year, do you see the things that are going on globally and, and and nationally with the economy affecting what's going on in the city, whether that's home sales, whether that's people's spending habits, whether that's inflation? And what are some of the things that, I guess, keep you up at night in terms of just uh, how those things might affect what's going on in your backyard?
0: Yeah, of course, sales tax revenue is something that's important to uh, to the city. And I guess the short story I would say is that Lake Forest is doing very well financially. We have reserves that are better than most cities in California. We're debt-free in terms of our uh, obligations. Yeah. We don't have any unfunded pensions. Uh, in terms of our housing element, we're one of the cities that's got that approved. 60% of cities don't have that. And so this is, the again, the future look. We've got projects that are coming online. We've got a senior affordable housing in, in Portola in my neck of the woods that's opening up here this um, September, as well as the, the Mountain View project with 71 units for affordable housing. We've got another a senior affordable housing in the Meadow and so those are kind of the last developments that are there and then we've also got a really good plan in place for the future for this mixed use concept that we've talked about right. as well. So in terms of the economy, uh, we've seen our hotels pop back really strongly and our restaurants. And so I think we've been very fortunate in, in terms of the you know the business community doing well. And ninety eight percent of the people are paying their property taxes, is what well, the uh, the Orange County Tax Collector tells me in terms of our resources. So great.
1: As long as they keep paying, you got to keep money coming in and put it back to use. And I mean, my perspective of the city of Lake Forest and and, and not only from you and the rest of the city council, but down to the staff, is that it really is a proactive approach and uh, Mm -hmm. you seem to be very successful in in implementing it. And so I would just say from the outsider looking in, I want to thank you and your staff and everyone else for all the things that you do for the city to make it better and, and to help out.
0: Yeah, well, it's been my honor to, to serve in this way and just want to make sure it continues to, to drive the, the culture and the benefits and the financial security and entities that we have here in Lake Forest. So I really appreciate you having me on today.
1: So if people want to find out more about the city or the resources or the things you have going on, what's the website that they can go to? Yes,
0: yeah, so it's www.lakeforestca.com. Dot gov. There's a Lake Forest in Illinois, so it's lakeforestca.gov. And then my own email address is my first initial, D C-I-R-B-O, C-I-R-B-O at lakeforestca.gov.
1: Got it. And so for those thinking about moving to, Orange, or to South Orange County, Lake Forest certainly at the top of my list in terms of places to look and to go. If you're a marijuana user, I would... <laughs> probably go someplace else i do appreciate all the input and the insight that you have and appreciate you coming on talking about the city and, and much continued success to you your family and the city and, and thanks for being on the show
0: well thanks barry it's been great meeting you and sharing some time with you today i really appreciate it
1: yeah i'm barry saywitz uh, on behalf of everybody here i want to thank all the folks at oc talk radio for putting the show on every week i want to thank all of our viewers and our listeners for tuning in uh i'm barry saywitz president of the saywitz company we will see you back here next week on let's talk real Estate.
0: Well, there you have it. You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied
1: Innovation Center.